From Guelph, Ontario, this is The Smart Seed, and I am Leanne Shaken. A few weeks ago, my husband and I went to visit my sister in Cumbermere, Ontario. Now, my sister lives in a place called Madonna House, which basically, if I try to describe it to either my coworkers or my friends, I call it the Catholic Commune. The most important thing is that Madonna House in Cumbermere, Ontario is really a self-sustainable community. They try to grow all of their own food and that food is supposed to last them throughout the year. So there are tons of apple orchards, beehives, berries. They have their own dairy facility. uh, So they make their own milk, yogurt, cheese. They have their own chickens, sheep. They have the most amazing herb garden. Uh, And then just, you know, you can just walk around along these rolling hills and there's, you know, pasture for their cows. You know, there's squash growing and garlic growing, etc. At the end of the tour, I guess what I took away from it was the amount of effort it took to feed basically 100 people throughout the year. And it's a lot. I was taken aback over the, or just trying to grasp, you know, the amount of labor and time it takes to feed people. the end of the day we were able to have dinner with part of the community and on the dinner plate was a I think it was like some kind of squash soup bread and a bowl of fresh peas I was just I was looking around the whole room and imagining and knowing that all these people had worked tirelessly the whole day and that's all they had for dinner It's hard not comparing that experience with a regular person going to the grocery store once or twice a week and knowing that perhaps there's not a lot thought going into not only like where did this food come from, but questioning the reliability of that food. You know, we walk into a rectangular building that is massive with all of this food it's just there we depend on it and I don't think there's a lot of us that go to the grocery store and go well maybe one day it won't be there and maybe one day we can't depend on this despite the fact that you know there are little warning signs I remember last year when I first moved to Ontario I was you know going to all these different stores and just kind of checking out my new community And I would see signs saying, sorry, no lettuce this week because of the drought in California. But I don't know how many people really notice those signs. And I guess that is what this week's story is about. It's about a fruit that we don't think too much about. We take it for granted and it's pretty cheap. But right now it's going through an existential crisis. This week's episode is the orange and the pest. It's called the Asian citrus psyllid. It's about three to four millimeters long with a long brown spotted body. A bit of an ugly little bug. 
and it is currently playing havoc on our citrus trees. The story of this little ugly bug starts in southern China in 1919. This was the first year in recorded history when humans, the Asian citrus psyllid, or ACP for short, and our citrus trees all met. Now, the one thing to note is that this wasn't and isn't a very symbiotic relationship. Rather, you could compare it to our relationship with the common flu, always against us, always adapting, always moving, always one step ahead. The ACP does a few things to our citrus trees, but the most damaging is that it transmits bacteria, which in turn creates a disease in the trees. Some folks call it citrus greening, others call it huang glong bing. First, the leaves on the trees turn yellowish with a blotchy spotted pattern. Then, the fruit that is produced is grown small, lopsided, retains a partially green color, and contains undeveloped seeds. The juice from the infected fruit then becomes bitter. Finally, in a few years, the trees just simply die. Over time, the ACP has moved from southern China to the Philippines, Thailand, and then in 1998, it popped up in Florida, U.S. of A. Now, today we are going to primarily focus on oranges, and it can be argued that the two most important regions in terms of the production of oranges is the United States and Brazil. The United States accounts for 14% of the world's production of oranges, and Brazil accounts for 32%, and both areas are currently under threat by the Asian citrus psyllid. To better comprehend the scope of the situation, the Florida citrus industry alone is currently worth $10 billion and employs around 76,000 people. It accounts for pretty much the entire U.S. orange juice production. Last year, the United States Department of Agriculture estimated that in 2015 alone, Florida would experience a 20% decline in production. Florida is now entering a time where it will produce only half of what it was producing just a few short years ago. The end of the citrus industry in the state is in sight. There is no cure for citrus greening, at least not yet. Farmers attempt to combat it with more fertilizers and pesticides, which certainly doesn't help the environment and increases the cost production exponentially. They have also started placing a type of aluminum sheeting along the ground at the base of the trees. The sheeting acts as a reflector, which increases the temperature. The increased heat has led to improved growth and fewer sightings of the ACP. The University of Florida has also announced that it has developed a genetically modified orange tree that appears to be resistant to citrus greening. If or when this tree would be introduced is a long way off and may be too late to even potentially save these industries. Since the arrival of the Asian citrus psyllid in Florida in 1998, it is now spread throughout the United States and in 2008 was first identified in California. There are no longer many places in the world, if any, that have not been affected by the ACP. And unless a cure is found or other breeds are developed, we might be breezing by more signs in our supermarkets. Perhaps next time they will read, our apologies, Due to the ugly bug called ACP, there are no oranges for you today.
Thank you to the Blue Dot Sessions from the Free Music Archive for their music contributions. Source material for today's article can be found on my website at www.thesmartc.ca. That's it for now. Stay curious, my friends.